Hello there, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Uh, this is that D&D podcast, and I am Zach, uh, once again, for some reason, running this game. Uh, with me tonight are the usual suspects, and we are jumping back into uh, some more Palladium Fantasy RPG in the uh, totally above-board and normal town of Soul Spring. It's a trap. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves in Discord order, folks. Uh, hi, I'm Adam, he, him, pronouns, and all that jazz. Uh, I am playing someone. Yes, Elamir, that's who I'm playing today. And I will do my best not to kill any more giant doggos. You call them giant doggos, and suddenly I feel bad. Uh, I am Jonathan, uh, he, him, <laughs> and uh, I am playing Thick Unterschlung, which is still not my responsibility as far as names go. Um, and uh, I think everything's cool, and we've decided I have a Dake Bland. What is it, Dake I cannot remember that Thor's other name. What is it, Zach? Um, Doctor uh, Donald Blake. Donald Blake. The, my Donald Blake is a kindly old grandma. Otherwise, I'm a troll, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Okay. Mike, you can go. I, I know I don't know what All Succinct right. is, but I'm done now. <laughs> <laughs> I am air quotes Doctor close air quotes Armstrong a um. Uh, the psychic monster posing as a doctor, helpful doctor, who's here to help. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the helpful doctor with with the horrifying psychic abilities. Uh, ably demonstrating why no one in the setting likes psychics. Mm. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I, la- I, t- to be fair, in Dr. Armstrong's defense, I haven't killed anyone. Mm. <laughs> I just shut down that one dude's central nervous system as well. I was going to say, I just took the trash out on that one, okay? <laughs> I... <laughs> that, that alley-oop was mostly in the goal yeah, to begin yeah. with. And then... I, I haven't raised a weapon. Uh, I have struck neither wolf nor man. I haven't raised a weapon either. I think raising other people as a weapon counts. <laughs> Yes. That's like twice as bad as a weapon, right? (laughs) When you're using other people as weapons, that's worse than a weapon, actually. (laughs) Especially when literally every time you do it, someone dies. Sometimes multiple someones. Because they're all very, very fragile, okay? (laughs) Compared to you and your weird troll strength, yes. Listen, weird troll gods blessed strength yes <laughs> yes not only are you a troll you are a troll with like super definitely not witch powers um I, so yeah last last time uh we had uh made our way to the church after dispelling the like weird violence that was happening um we do not know where the individual who we found in the snow is, but we we're pretty sure there's somewhere in or around the church. We spoke to someone in the church who I don't think I've named yet, uh, who disappeared and found Bertrand, the guy who you're supposed to deliver the stuff to's granddaughter, Ilsa. And we sort of ended with Ilsa walking in, uh, nicely dressed. A little bit taller than what you might expect uh, a 
an average human person to be, but not by much. Um, sort of the vibe you're getting is that everyone in this place is just a little bit tall. For some reason. That I'm definitely not belaboring for any purpose at all. They've all got elf blood. You know it. <laughs> Wait, are elves tall? I can't remember. In Palladium games, yes. This is what I was talking about earlier. In Palladium games, they're tall. Elves are tall. Which is why, for me, for the longest time, I could not get my brain around the like regular D&D elves are short thing. Yeah. Like elves are just a little bit shorter than people. Yeah. Because my two main games that I played fantasy games were Palladium Fantasy and Dark Sun, in, in, in both of which elves are like seven feet tall. Yep. Oh. So, yes, Ilsa walks in. She's wearing a really nice coat, uh, relatively nice boots, and she uh, has removed one of her gloves and is sort of extending it to, uh, let's say, Elamir uh, to uh, shake a hand. And introducing yourself, she says, "I'm I'm Ilsa. Uh, I'm sorry. We usually have a welcoming uh, committee for visitors. Today has been strange." Um, I will take the proffered hand and shake her hand. Okay. Um, greetings, Miss. Um, actually, we're here to uh, simply deliver a package to uh, your father so no welcoming committee was actually needed. Um, if you could direct us to your father, we'd be happy to complete our mission. Out of character, this is probably my fault. This is It's her grandpa. Oh, did, did you see? Okay, yep, grandfather then. I think, I think I probably got this wrong at some point when I was giving out character details, but yes, it's her grandpa. Um, your grandfather. Oh, um, shh. Sure, you are simply here, you're here uh, making a delivery. This is uh, an awkward time of year for that. Let's step outside. You can see her, like, make eye contact with one of the guards that's in the room currently. Um, and he sort of moves to join your group as she starts leading you out of the church. And into the, like, winter weather outside. Strange that she wants to go back outside in this weather, but okay. Um, as she sort of gets to the doorway, she will half turn and uh, address Elamir again and say, um, I don't know exactly where my grandfather is. Um, it is odd that he's not around. I can, I will take you to his, his shop. That seems the most likely place. Okay, that'd be fine. And she begins down the stairs and starts moving across the courtyard that's still, like, strewn with snow and wolf corpses and blood. Uh, outside, uh, the people there are people sort of moving through town in very small numbers with their, like, hoods all the way up. Like, it's, their wind is howling, the snow is blowing. Uh, Ilsa throws her hood up over her head and sort of walks into the wind in that, like, resigned but defiant way that people who live in places with lots of wind do, you know? <laughs> um, and she starts heading for the store whose door, where the where you checked the door earlier last time, right? Okay. Um, yeah. And she walks up and she uh, doesn't even see it, doesn't turn around to see if you're following her. She walks up and she grabs the handle and pulls and nothing happens. Uh and uh, she tries it again, 
And then she's sort of standing there in the front of the door, t- sort of turns and looks at the those of you following. I assume all of you are. Are you still in grandma form? Oh, there, yeah. Un- uh, thick? Yep. Okay. I'm imagining you don't have a great time walking across this courtyard right now. Probably not. But uh, she turns and sort of looks looks back at you and says, um, I don't know why this would be locked. Let's check around the back. And she sort of leads you around the building but into a really narrow alley between it and the next building over. And then around the back where there's another door. Um, and that door is standing ajar. And there are footprints leading away from it. She stops in her tracks and just sort of stares. And motions for the guardsmen to come for- towards her. What are you guys doing? Uh, sorry, Mike. I forgot your character's name. Doctor Armstrong. Doctor. Well, I just call you Doctor. Yeah, I just call him Doctor. Doctor, do you get a sense that there's anybody inside? Um, I I like put my ear against the door. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the door's slightly ajar, so putting your ear against the door is just going to swing the door a little bit. So uh, I'll just poke my head in. Okay. Um, well, um, you don't immediately spot anyone inside. What you see is sort of a back. The what is probably the, what is pretty obviously the back room of this like dry goods store, like. I'm picturing something like old west style dry goods where you used to hand a note to the the proprietor and they would walk back and like yeah. go and grab your stuff and bring it back out. Um and part and about half of this area and it's a decent sized room is taken up by parcels of what appear to be goods and things like that. And then the other half is sort of uh well it's got a bench and some tables and a number of like it's details are not going to be great immediately, but there are like some weird artifacts and things back here that um, kind of catch Doc's eye a little bit. Especially some, you've got like you're trained in like some lore skills, right? Um, I am trained in some lore skills. <laughs> I think it's like religion and something else. It, it, they're not immediate. Ley lines, magic, and religion. Okay, yeah. This stuff um, sets off whatever wh- whatever sense of yours we're on. Eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there, right? But some, something's hinky about that area. The other thing you notice when you look in is that this place is freaking trashed. Crates broken and knocked over. There's uh, a table that's been overturned. Papers flying, ev- or papers that have been thrown everywhere. Something, there was a ruckus here at some point. Relatively recently, probably. So do I need to see people to use telepathy on them? That is a really good question. Let us let us consult the document. I don't see anything that says I need to see them. It just says read surface thoughts up to 60 feet away. Okay. Okay. Um, let me... What page are you on, real quick? Let me... 172. Underneath the sensitive 
psychic powers. Psionic, excuse me. I lost my bookmark. I apologize. Um, telepathy. Yeah, it doesn't say that you need to. So I'm going to say fine. Reading surface thoughts is fine. Without being able to see somebody. Okay. Um, so, like, I'm going to kind of, like, send out some psychic... I'm going to attempt to... What is the what is the question for this? It's like a uh, promiscuous mode ping on a neck. Uh, I'm just trying to see if there's anybody else on the network. There's anybody if you catch service thoughts from inside this room. Yeah. No, you do not. Okay. Uh, I I turn back to the elephant shrug. I don't see anyone. But like I emphasize C. Yeah. Oh. Uh. Does does she want to? Uh, I'm assuming she wants to go inside. Yeah, as the doctor sort of scans around, uh, she will push forward uh, past you, uh, taking no effort, making no effort to like preserve the footprints that are outside the door that you can see moving away, like into the the space. Yeah. Um, and you can see her as she sort of powers her way through and past Doc. She lets out sort of a, a gasp. And she just sort of runs into the room and starts looking for her grandfather. Who she does not find, FYI. I guess right now I'm more interested in these tracks to see where they're taking us. Okay. Um, you have some sort of skill related to this, yes? Uh, I have wilderness survival. I don't have tracking, I don't think. Surveillance? Nah, that's that's not really. So here's a question: Does this sheet have a perception rule? Yes. So go onto the front page, and rule your perception. Uh, you forced me there. What? I said you could, you forced me there. Oh yeah. When you when you change. Oh yeah, you're right. Too. Sorry, I don't mean to do that. I am, I am a busybody on these Is sheets. There's some sometimes. sort of. I apologize. <laughs> Is there some sort of bonus I'm supposed to enter for perception, um, or is that like well, based on this? Does your class have a bonus? I don't. I think I put all the bonuses I found. Let me but... look really quickly and see if you have any sort of class bonus to perception. Does not appear that you do. Now let's check elf, because elf very well might. That's sort of their deal sometimes, right? Is to know things are happening. Uh, Bonuses, no. Okay. No, you do not have a single bonus to this. I'm really curious. Let's see what kind of numbers show up. There you go. It's a D20 flat, and it gives you a nice little chart that says... Okay, that's not bad at all. Based on how it is. I mean, I rolled for shit. I'll be completely honest with you. I have played Rifts uh, a significant number of times. Uh, which is where this rule comes from, and I have never seen those numbers before. For four, <laughs> four, four, eight, fourteen, and seventeen, never seen them. Never seen them once. So, good on this person. Uh, I will use their their model. Um, so for a four, you get the easy stuff, and the easy stuff is that there are uh, two footprints, two sets of footprints leading out that door. One of which is in a pair of boots, and one of which is in a pair of sandals. Someone's in a rush if they're running out with sandals on. Or they don't care about the cold. Didn't bother them anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah, I knew that was where that was going. <laughs> um, I I guess I want to go the same direction. I would have a point out to my uh, cohorts here that these footprints look suspicious, and I want to track it down. Okay. Um, Granny, if you want to make yourself scarce and maybe check from a different vantage point. I don't know if the guard is standing out here with us or the guard went inside the shop. I think the the guard is going to stick pretty close to Ilsa. Well, is Ilsa still with us or is she? So yeah, I guess I could speak a little more freely. Ilsa, Ilsa is currently inside the room, inside the, 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 the shop. Okay. The back room of the shop. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, if they're not around. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Do you shout Shazam or something? <laughs> Shazam, come on. What is uh his nemesis what is Black Adam shout? Oh, that's a good question. I I don't honestly know off the top of my head. I've already expended my Shazam knowledge. I know I'm just like, yeah, if anything, it'd probably be more like Black Adam saying shit than uh <laughs> the other way around. He also says Shazam, that's the whole point. Really? It's like they just made an inverted color swap of him and we're like, nope, we're good. Almost, Which yes. Almost like that. Really what they did in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Well, when you've only um, got four colors yeah. to work with, right? You have to like... <laughs> you, t- you take some shortcuts. Alright. So yeah, you shout words of power or something. Who knows? Whatever it is you do. Yeah. Um, and then you... Yeah, so you, you take off flying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the tracks are going to be kind of hard to follow from the air, probably. But you will yeah. be able to sort of visually track Elamir as he moves. Uh, and just kind of look in that direction to see if there's anything going on. Um, there's nothing obvious. Like So the back door of this place leads out into... And this is the, these are the mountains. We're up in the mountains. So mm-hmm. actual space on the ground is pretty... Is, is at a premium, right? There's not... The tracks don't lead in the same direction for very long. They turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and they turn um, from Elamir's... And they're, they're, they're really easy to follow. These people are obviously not trying to hide their tracks. Um, and Elamir, you as a... Uh, as... You're not, you're not a tracker, but you're a hunter, probably, right? Like, you... Wilderness survival. You've done. You've seen animal tracks before. Um, if these were animal tracks, they are at a run. This person is. These people are moving quickly, and the one in sandals looks like you've probably wounded a deer at some point, right? And the deer panics. And sort of start shifting directions as it runs to try to keep an eye on you or whatever thinks is behind it. That's the sense you get from the sandaled footprints. That's not the sense you get from the booted footprints, however. Okay, so this guy's being chased and like any cheesy horror film running yes. and trying to look behind yes. him. You can in your head that's probably a pretty good image, yes. Um, and so the they the tracks leave this uh, the back door of this building, and they hit what are functionally impassable rocks pretty quickly. And the both sets turn to the left. Uh, the 
the sandaled ones kind of in a jagged way and the booted ones in a slightly smoother fashion. Um, and now they're sort of taking you along the back side of the, that like row of town. Like now they're kind of running behind the inn that you were in before, right? The tavern, um, towards the front of town, basically. Uh, but sort of offset from the path you took up just a little bit into the woods. Um, and they continue that way down through the woods, past the front of the, the town, um, and then I will give you one last thing before we switch back to Doc. Uh, right as they cross into, right as they cross out of town, headed down the mountain, again, like 15 feet from the path you came up, um, they pick up a third set of prints. Oh, no. So. He's one of the two corpses. Doc. Yes. You are in this room, and... and I, I assume you stayed there. Sorry, I, sh I guess I shouldn't assume. Are you still there with Ilsa? I mean, yeah, it seems like... Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, now that you're in this room, you can see that, yeah, it's a mess. There are uh, papers with all sorts of weird writings on them, some of which you can read, some of which you can't, none of which make any sense to you at first glance. There's what appears to be like a pretty broad workbench that stretches across about half the wall or ha one entire wall of the room and covered with all sorts of wild metalworking stuff and various like chemical things, um, some runes carved here and there. And then the other side is just like a warehouse full of stuff. Um, Ilsa is looking around uh, kind of frantically at this point uh, try and has called out uh, her grandfather Bertrand's name uh, repeatedly and has no idea where he is and is beginning to panic a little bit, honestly. Uh, the guardsman is trying to make sure that you do not pose a threat to her, essentially, at this point. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's here. You're, um... Yeah, I mean, there are a bunch of footprints outside. Like, it looks like they ran off. Who? They? they? No. What, why would he? He can't. In this weather? No. And she sort of, like, pushes past you again out to the door and looks, and she sees what you mean. And now there's an extra set of footprints because Elamir's headed that direction. Um, and she begins to, to run down the same path that Elamir is taking. Okay. Did you want to like? Why are you so panicked? What's what's going on? Well, he's it's and he's my grandfather's missing. <laughs> she runs out. But like, does he does he only stay in this house? She's far enough ahead of you that if you want to have this conversation, you can. But you have to like keep up with her or, like, grab her or something. No, I'll, I'll keep up okay. with her. I, I, I want to understand. Yeah. <laughs> no, he... He 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 lives upstairs. He he would be here. This is... In this weather, with the wolves attacking, it's not safe for him to be outside. And at this point, she's, like, running. I don't know how fast you're following the tracks, Elamir. Um, 
probably with some haste if since it looks like it was a chase and they're not yeah hard to follow so you're probably going to be able to reliably stay ahead of them but you can hear now you have company some distance behind you probably oh i don't know a couple dozen yards you can hear ilsa behind you she's not gonna be nearly as sure-footed in the snow as you are probably with your like sky-high physical prowess and appropriate footwear but um (laughs) she is keeping up a pretty good pace and she seems a little bit panicked and uh thick you are seeing this from the air as well um what you also see from the air especially as you sort of get away from town and the weather starts to get slightly less terrible Mm -hmm. um because visibility in the air is gonna be pretty low for a little while as you get as you get very far out of town, you're going to realize where you're headed. I mean, we're going to the corpses, right? Yes, absolutely 100%. You're headed back to the corpses. One question, though. Once I get outside, I, like, I spin around in the air. It's like the storm just around the town. The storm is not just around the town, but the storm is definitely more intense as you get closer to the town. But, like, to the left and the right of the town, it's also storming, right? Sorry, say again. I missed the first part of that. To, like, the left and the right of the town is also storming, right? Yes, but it's, yeah, it's just not... So, yeah, as you get closer to the town, and specifically the church so far, at least, uh, you get more, like, closer to blizzard whiteout conditions. Out here... It's still kind of like wintry and gross, especially for this time of year when it should be spring. But it's not like, hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I need triangulation. Also, I need several more points of intelligence to understand that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm leaning towards not being down there when she discovers her dead grandfather because this sounds really awkward, and I'm probably not allowed to laugh. So I'm good. <laughs> Well, I mean, the corpses were... We just left two. Well... Not in a good state. After you used one as a club? I don't really remember which one I used as a club. Uh... The good news is it was the other one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I still don't really remember. Uh, There were two bodies. I don't really remember the differences. They were human-y things. Well, there were three total and only one was an elf, right? The other two were... The other two were were of what from your you know what you can tell of them. <laughs> I'll take your words for it. The, the other two were lunch, but what was left of them were like humans. One of them, one of them was dressed, you know, maybe like an elderly shopkeeper, and the other one was dressed more like a guardsman, like a town guardsman. Okay. Uh, so yeah, um, she's gonna keep running after you, uh, Elamir. You as you get closer. There's no wolves anymore. It's just a pile. It's just like a uh, a giant circle of blood uh, and two remaining bodies. And then sort of like a weird clear spot where there's not as much blood that was under the the third person that you took back to town. Yeah. There's just some remains of some humans here. And they are very clearly the humans that were wearing boots and chasing this third party. Who was wearing sandals? The person you took back. I don't. I. I think I tried to make that clear, but I don't know if I succeeded. Um, they were wearing, like, very comparatively very light and flimsy footwear. 
yeah, I think I recall that much at least, but not the footwear. So yeah, um, after a couple, after a little bit, uh, like a matter of seconds behind you, Elamir, uh, Ilsa stumbles uh, through the snow behind you and coming up upon you looks past and sees, you know, a fairly grisly sight of two disemboweled human bodies uh, in the snow and, um, you know, reacts like a normal person would. Yeah, right. We didn't we didn't bring any of those. Uh So yeah, she breaks down crying, um starts sobbing something about well, first she's horrified and then she starts sobbing something about grandpa and then she yeah. Yeah. Uh Ilsa, Ilsa, is is your grandfather an elf? No. No, he no. That's that's a strange question. Well, we, we came across this scene on our way in, and there was a third body, no, third person still alive here. Uh, but it looked like to be a youngish elf, not your grandfather, whoever that might be. And we put, took him back to town. When, when you say this to her, um, you can see a shocked look roll across her face. Um... And then, like, a dawning, horrific realization. And then you can see her... She doesn't shift completely, but all of a sudden she's like... There's a resolve to her about, oh, oh, right. I am definitely using telepathy on her. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let me read this thing that you're attempting to do. Telepathy. Read service thoughts up to 60 feet away or two-way telepathic communication. Okay. Um, Okay, if they suspect they are being telepathically probed, they can resist. She does not have mind block, so that's not going to happen. Okay. So, yeah, you get surface thoughts. Um, and her, well, so spend your, first of all, spend your points. Not that you're, like, hurting for points, but go ahead and spend them. I've spent four points. Awesome. Um, the thoughts you get from her are jumbled. Um, they are sort of laced with grief, but also fear. And you can hear her, and the thoughts you get from her are sort of, individual words connected by thought schema that you don't understand. So like... Well, she's got this resolve. Like, what is she resolved to do? She is resolved, uh, and she you can see this. She goes to her grandfather's corpse. She flips it over, and she takes something out of his coat. She knows exactly what she's looking for. She takes something out of her coat, of his coat. She shoves it in her coat, and she starts walking back up the hill. At like a jaw. Well, she she must be thinking about what that thing is. Like I'll get the X. Mm-hmm. Yes. What is the thing that she's thinking about? The thing that she's getting is a key. Um, and you you see uh, you get a flash of cold, like the sensation of cold, 
um, but not related to her feeling the sensation of cold, just like an idea of cold. You get an idea of darkness, like an uncomfortable darkness. And you get a flash of the person that you picked up and took back to town. Okay. So when she's like, like, I'll motion to Elamir that we should follow her. And also like, um, like let her get like a few steps ahead so I can, uh, far enough ahead that uh, she's not going to hear this these next few words that I say to him, which is going to be, hey, she knows something about this elf thing. Like, I, it seems like they were keeping it on ice, right? They had some sort of key. So, like, we should try to figure out what the hell they were doing with that. But, uh, like, you know, just trying not to let them know that I just, you know, read her mind. <laughs> oh, of course. And also, Thick, you're seeing this from above, I assume, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh, she looks angry. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming that we're sharing telepathically with Thick. Yeah. So I guess that conversation didn't even happen out loud anyways. We could have just... Yeah, but like, I forget sometimes. But yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> World's best psychic. So yeah, she's going to start... Uh, a relatively high speed trudging up the mountain, right? Like she's not going to move terribly quickly because that's not where she's at um, and what the conditions are. But she and the guard are now, and she you can say, see her exchange some words to the guard um, and he sort of snaps in right beside her and they are heading with the speed they can manage back up the hill. Okay. And so... Um, yeah. Oh, so now I'm curious, like, what the guard is thinking, because, like, she can order him around, yeah? Uh Uh-huh. So, I'm gonna go ahead and dock four more points there. (laughs) Okay. Um, so the guard. The guard is, uh, the, the emotion you get from the guard is, like, confusion and, like, worry and, like, mild, not mild, like, significant disbelief um there's a sort of mental impression that you that this person never thought this day would happen that this is would never happen this is no um and there's something like there's a feeling of like stomach turning anxiety slash like ethical concern to this person um there's also a quick flash um of you're not getting we're not getting words you're not getting like an image but there's a there's a a flash in this person's mind of danger for ilsa specifically Okay. Um, oh, also that I. Uh, you also get the sense that he doesn't like you people at all. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Just FYI. That barely even registers, right? Not not concerned about that. 
I'm, I he's, get that from he's, literally he's everyone. one stray look away from becoming a meat popsicle. So. <laughs> that's, I am going to regret pointing out that power. Yes. Yes. So that's what you get. They are following, they are up, moving up the, the mountain, uh, towards town. Ilsa with like a sense of determination and purpose, the guard with a sense of like dread, disbelief, and maybe even like a pang of guilt on the air for you, Mr. Psychic Person. Doc, sorry, Dr. Psychic Person. You address with your proper, you. proper respect. I didn't pretend to go through 10 years of medical school to be called Mr. <laughs> All right. Um, I can assume that you follow them back, but uh, please tell me that's what's happening because I don't want to. Yeah, we are. I mean, I'm definitely going to yes. follow them back. And, and, so, like, I, I'm i thinking here, and I'm sharing this with everybody. Like, we had that weird elf church, right? And then we had this person that was being... Like, it seems like they were keeping this elf in a basement, right? Or, like, some sort of, like, freezer shed. Like, some sort of locked tomb, I guess. Um, Ooh. And uh, they escaped somehow, and now this... Now the body's on the loose. Uh, so... I'm feeling like they're probably going to have a confrontation with the church people here. So we should probably rapidly decide if we're on the side of big church or not. Uh, did we get paid wherever we were going to get paid? I don't know if we're going to get paid at all. I mean, we need Ilsa to be alive because if we can deliver to next of kin, that's good <laughs> enough, I'm sure. That seems like a likely out, yes. So- as long as we can give the package to Ilsa. I, I just love the idea that, you know, I paid FedEx to deliver this, and then when they showed up, they helped me win this guerrilla war because they needed to be paid. <laughs> Look, I, I had debt collectors breathing yep. down my neck. Yep. So are we, we pro-church we pro-person here? Right now, I'm pro-person. Yeah, I, I think... She's my new employee or client. I, I step away for 30 seconds right back. My dog is trying to chew its way out of a crate. Oh, yeah. Do that. Okay, um, so yeah, so you uh, you follow them. You head, you, if, you're, if you're sort of going back into town with them, um, you're obviously going to be making about the same time they are. Uh, and you all arrive at the same time. And when you hit town, again, as you move towards town, the weather gets worse. It just noticeably gets worse. The wind picks up. The, the the snowfall becomes thicker and harder to see through. It's physically colder. Like it's just it's just worse. Everything's worse. Um, where did you leave your donkey? Oh, that's right. I put him in the uh, barn next to the shop. Donkey's safe. Good. I'm glad. Donkey's safe. Um. So yeah, um, Mike, is your uh, telepathy lasts for a little while, like a couple of minutes? Like two minutes, that's it. All right. Um, then by the time you get to town, it's over. Like that, that, that use is over. Um, you, you are met at the, not quite the gate. Like as you, as you enter the gates of town by the same road you came in the first time, there are the remaining... Of the remaining guard, there's there's three remaining guards, people standing sort of there, essentially waiting for you. Um, and they 
sort of salute ish in whatever fashion they're going to. Um, they don't seem to be terribly well drilled guards people, but they they do sort of give Ilsa some sort of they give Ilsa sort of a a a recognition of authority, right? They 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 stand at attention um, as Ilsa approaches, and then they move to flank Ilsa as well. Um, on the as they fall into position, thick. Where are you? You I'm just so above? Deep. Yeah, because it's what? nighttime now, right? It's like dark, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably getting towards dark now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm just going to be floating above right now because I got the dock and the elf in, in town as like actual observers. Okay, so you, um, from your from your position up there, you get uh, your god radar goes off, right? Oh, this is a. This has the feeling, however, of a direct communication from your patron. Uh-oh. Does she have kids? Um, and you get from directly below you, because I'm imagining you, like, hovering over Ilsa this whole time. Yeah. From directly below you, you get the sense that there is a woman, a mother, woman, and or child in danger. Mm. Are there other women? Like, oh, shit. The only one I can think of is Elsa. Are like anyone else notably a woman? Uh no one none of the other I haven't I, I haven't really gendered any of the guards people on purpose, yeah. but they're I mean you can assume that they're well let's let's say they're male for the purposes of, of description here, right? Um okay. the at the same time this happens, Elamir, you are a fairly combat trained individual. You know what it looks like when there's a guard lineup. You know what it looks like when people who may not be used to fights are just about to get in a fight, right? Um, these guardsmen look like that to you. And they don't look like they're taking up what you would call optimal positions to protect Ilsa. <gasps> I think I'm a betrayer. Oh, jeez. Is it the Ides of March? Um, so yeah, they, they walk with Ilsa through the beginning of this courtyard or through the, through the courtyard of town. Uh, again, it's in, still in kind of disarray. Somebody's moved the corpses of the wolves. There's still blood all over the ground. There's still like broken stuff, but she is headed directly for, um, the, she's actually headed for her grandpa's shop. And she starts heading towards the front door of her grandfather's shop. Interesting. Yeah, I'm confused about this. The guards know they're going to get into a fight. Like, they're going to the church. That would make more sense to me. But uh, She's going to her grandfather's shop? She's going to her grandfather's shop. Well, there might be something there. Because, remember, you saw the magical gadgets. And, like, all the guards look like they're ready to get into a fight, like, right now? Well, are... They look like people who are fairly uncomfortable with the act of violence that are, like, looking at the possibility of it. Let's say that. Hmm. Um, so Ilsa moves towards the front door of her grandfather's shop. Looks as though she's about to use a key that she has produced from her coat. Oh. I, I, I'm going to drop another four points to read her intent. 
so what you get, and this is a f- clearer flash than you've gotten previously from her, because she is now collected herself and is not trying to defend herself from psychic intrusion, but she is thinking about what she's doing, right? Um, she is going to unlock this door. She is going to go inside. And she is going to get, and you can see it very clearly in her mind because she is picturing it, using the same key she's using to open the door to the shop, she is going to open a door elsewhere, pull out, and and she is looking for what, in her mind, looks very much like some sort of athame or ceremonial dagger. Okay. Oh, yeah. There's there's a magical throwdown happening. Hmm. Huh. I don't know if she is a kid. <laughs> There's no indication that this person has offspring. Huh. Um, Would you say that other... one elf is young enough to be called a kid? I don't know how old you guys are. Yes, your your uh, honed <laughs> women and children senses definitely go off uh, around the elven youth, for sure. Oh. I think he was a sex. The so she unlocks the door. She goes to step inside, and the guardsman. She pushes through before the guards guardsman can go through, and then you see the two of you that are following. You might not see this as well from above, thick, but yep. the two of you that are following can see the two lead guardsmen sort of look at each other, and one of them give a glare and the other one gulps before they head through the door and i think we're gonna call it there so mike can go do his thing yeah hmm so we will pick this up again uh next time uh thank you all for playing i really appreciate it um tonight was mostly just the just me hustling the plot forward a little bit but uh, I hope you okay. had a good time. You found our weakness. Which Social is? Social nuance. Nuance? Yeah. Social so, nuance. So uh, here's the deal. I knew as soon... Oh, no. I, while I was, I'm going to Dragon Age the two out of this shit. <laughs> so, so, so while I was setting this up in my head, I'm like, okay, so I have no idea. We may abandon, like, the combat rules, like, halfway in. We may just, like, bail on all of these things. But I know that Mike has, like crazy brain powers honestly adam's playing like one of the more scary straight up combat classes in the game and then i don't know what the frick (laughs) you're doing over there thick so i was like okay so the challenge here can't be mathematical right (laughs) yeah so yeah no uh i'm going to make you feel bad about your upcoming choices no matter what happens just fyi excellent (laughs) (laughs) and scene (laughs) that D&D podcast is released under a creative commons 4.0 attribution non-commercial no derivatives license feel free to share with friends but don't cut anything out and don't sell our work Please visit us at thatdndpodcast.com or on Twitch or YouTube at That D&D Podcast. Intro music is Dark Matter by M33 Project and is available on the Free Music Archive. M33 Project can also be found on YouTube and Instagram. Outro music is Betrayed by Scott Holmes Music. 
This and other works by Scott Holmes Music can be found on the Free Music Archive, SoundCloud, or scottholmesmusic.com. The Palladium Fantasy RPG, written by Kevin Ciambietta, is owned and published by Palladium Books. All other copyrighted content is owned by its associated copyright holder. (laughs) 